This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. It's near year's end, so there's plenty of opportunity for review This week we look at dairy farm business and plans for 2022. We continue a review of the sheep sector, looking at big ticket items currently facing farmers. The Irish drinks industry annual review shows a resilient sector in the face of adversity. But how has it been for craft producers and those who supply the industry from the land? A major investment of €5 million has been announced for a pilot farm environmental study. John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The preliminary estimate from the CSO showing an increase of 18% in farm income could be a very different picture in 12 months' time, according to the IFA leader, Mr Tim Cullinan. The rate at which input costs are rising threatens to erode any improvement in price which farmers might receive during 2021. Fertiliser costs in particular, he said, were rising at an unsustainable rate. Prices to farmers had increased by over 200% in the last six months. They've seen, he said, the price of UAN increase by 228% since last year, with urea now quoted at €900 Euro per tonne. The IFA president said some of the increases in sectors, such as cattle, sheep and tillage, had to be seen in the context of historically low prices to producers and, in the case of tillage, a poor year in 2020. The increase in the livestock sector is well below the average, he said, and comes off a very low base. It underlines, as Conlon pointed out, the importance of direct supports for livestock producers. Overall, what the CSO estimate says is that volatility is becoming more pronounced and it will have an increasing impact on farm families. The Chagask Outlook, released earlier this week, is already talking about substantial reductions in farm incomes for 2022. Mr Cullinan said the focus of the IFA's submission to the Department of Agriculture in recent days on CAP is primarily on farm viability. Farm businesses need certainty and policymakers cannot introduce desktop solutions which fail to take account of the impact on farm incomes. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Edmund Moakley, Tagusk Dairy Advisor Mallow is with us this week. Later we'll start our yearly review of dairy farm business and the plans for 2022. First, Edmund has some information on upcoming Tagusk events. My colleague Noreen O'Rahilly, who will be based between Mallow and Kentork, is um, planning on starting up a new part-time green sort adult course this January 2022. So it will be um, in the Mallow and for my offices. The course then will be every Wednesday 
run over a period. It'll take about two and a half years to complete it. So it's a flexible course for people that are currently in employment or they may have uh, young family members and want to try and get their green cert completed. So if anyone is interested in this course, could they ring their local advisory office for an application pack, get that co- application pack then back to Noreen um, as soon as possible because the plan is to try and get that course started as soon as we get back. So for any further information, just give the local officers a ring. You can ring the manor office here on 0225-2360 or any of the other tagged offices or contact your local advisor. My colleague, Kiro Donovan, based in Middleton in East Cork, is looking to set up a, a discussion group for women in agriculture. So she's looking for women there to register their interest in forming a new female-only discussion group. All women um, involved in or interested in agriculture are most welcome to get, to get in touch and spread the word to others who may be interested in joining such a group. The plan for the group is to look at all farm enterprises, right? So it's not specifically one enterprise, it's dairy, beef, sheep, tillage, and they can be full-time, part-time, or studying agriculture in college at the moment or wherever they may be doing. Getting this group will set up, depending on numbers, so if you are someone or know someone who is interested in knowledge exchange, expanding their sport network, or getting to know other women in agriculture, please contact your local Tagus office by phone or email to arrange a callback from us. And that's from Kira Donovan. Following on from that, of course, anyone in Tagus Cork East would also be delighted to hear from someone interested, male or female, who would like to join any of the current farm discussion groups, be it in dairy, tillage, uh, beef or sheep. And they're most welcome to contact their local office to register their interest. The Minister for Housing, Local Government and Heritage, Dara O'Brien, TD, and the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD, have published the Draft Fifth Nitrates Action Programme, NAP, and announced the opening of a public consultation on the Draft NAP Natura Impact Statement, NIS, and the Strategic Environmental Assessment, SEA. Ireland's NAP gives effect to the requirements of the Nitrates Directive in Ireland and is a critical piece of legislation implemented by farmers on their holdings. A comprehensive view of the fourth NAP 2017 to 2021 was undertaken since September 2020. This involved two periods of public consultation and in the region of 700 submissions. A jointly chaired DHLGH Department of Housing, Local Government and Heritage and the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine DAFM expert group considered all submissions received during public consultation and have made recommendations on changes to the programme which have been accepted by both ministers. The report has been published on both departments' websites along with the NIS Natura Impact Statement and the SEA Strategic Environment Assessment, which begins a six-weeks consultation process on both of these documents now. The ministers said they would like to extend their gratitude to the expert group and to the nearly 700-plus individuals and bodies who had made a submission, and they welcomed all submissions in coming weeks on the NIS and SEA to help finalise this fifth NAP. Minister McConnell's ambitions were to protect and enhance our water quality and biodiversity while ensuring we would continue to produce top-quality food. Securing the derogation was a key priority and we must meet these multiple ambitions to succeed. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103.
The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, and Minister for Land Use and Biodiversity, Senator Pippa Hackett, recently launched a major investment of €5 million Euro in a pilot farm environmental study. FES is the latest scheme or plan, including where practical, the planting of suitable trees on farmland to help produce oxygen and soak up and store damaging carbon from the environment. John O'Connor is with me to discuss it more. FES is a study, and while tree cultivation is an important component of the overall climate action plan, FES is far more than that. It's more varied. FES will examine the habitats and species which enrich our wildlife here in Ireland and quite possibly provide great rewards, not necessarily always financial for the farmer, the landowner or land user. Specifically, to quote the mission statement of FES, this pilot will establish a framework to generate a database and baseline habitat of biodiversity data at farm level and will provide the scope for an inventory of farm habitats and biodiversity present and a baseline for future targeting of agri-environmental schemes and measures. End of the FAS statement, mission statement, as published on 13th of December 2021 at the launch of FAS by Ministers McConnell, Logan, Hackett. And have any farms signed up for FES? And if so, how many approximately? There are about 6,500 farms participating in the FES pilot study at the moment. And what will the first step be for a farmer when he or she joins FES? Well, the first step for the farmer participating in the FES pilot stage would be the focus on rolling out of the farm-level habitat surveys. ACA, the Agricultural Consultants Association, will coordinate the rollout of this survey effort. Minister McConnell emphasised that ACA, Agricultural Consultants Association, have agricultural advisors right across the nation and they have a wealth of experience already in providing advisory services to farmers. This ACA knowledge and experience, it's believed, will be brought into use and applied in the FES study. Speaking the farmer's language, of course, but also introducing an ecological perspective to things. Minister McConnell visualised FES uncovering a whole new untapped potential for Irish agriculture. And talking about untapped potential, ACA President Tom Canning was extremely upbeat and expansive at the launch and confirmed the FES pilot will officially open to farmers in the first quarter of 2022. Yes, Barry, that's what we heard at the launch on 13th of December. ACA President Tom Canning said his members were delighted to be part of this important study, which would be valuable for the future of the agricultural sector. The ACA President said his association, ACA, are confident there are significant environmental assets currently in Ireland, and once recorded, these assets would greatly assist with meeting our commitments under climate change and related policies. And subject to the European Union's GDPR private information protection measure, when will the FES study findings be presented to the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine and an overview published? It's expected results and outputs of the pilot survey will be presented to the department in quarter four of 2022. And to confirm, the study we've been looking at is the Pilot Farm Environmental Study, FES for short, launched on 13th of December 2021 and due for editing and completion for presentation by the last quarter of 2022.
Thanks for that, John. This week we continue our annual review of the sheep sector with Michael Gottstein, Head of Sheep Programme Knowledge Transfer Department, Tiagask. We're looking at big ticket items facing sheep farmers, not least of all the cost of fertilisers. So look at in general, I think the good news is that sheep farmers by and large are, are low users of fertiliser um, input. So we generally don't use an awful lot. Um, OK, there are some people who are, are highly stocked and, and probably use a little bit more. But in general, when we compare ourselves maybe to our counterparts in tillage or dairying, uh, we tend to use a lot less. Um, so that that's a little bit of a positive. Um, I suppose, look at... Fertiliser prices currently are, are quite high. If we look at, at urea or can, they're probably two and a quarter to two and a half times what the people would have paid for them um, uh, 12 months ago. So that, that's, that's obviously an issue for us. Um, so we're not going to be able to really use as much fertiliser um, as we did last year. You know, it's just from a financial point of view, sheep farmers are not in a position to just decide, look, if it's a little bit more expensive or if it's more expensive this year, we'll just use the same amount and take eight on it. Probably not not going to happen for a lot of people. So what we'd be saying is is try to use less. And these are maybe some of the steps that people could, could take. So the first one is is really take soil samples. So, you know, lots of sheep farmers out there are taking soil samples, have taken soil samples. It might have been in gloss or whatever. Um, if the, those soil samples are old, you know, greater than three years old, three years or older, you know, take them again and do that straight away as soon as you can um, and get an ana- analysis done. Um, once you have that analysis back, spread line, um, get your soil pH levels up. And the reason for doing this is is um, that once you get the pH right in the soil by spreading the line, it basically allows the soil to, to free up some of the nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium that has been locked up in the soil over years. And so you, you get this free fertilizer that's been stuck inside the soil hasn't been available to the plants and once the line goes out it, it, it loosens all that stuff up and it, it becomes available to the grass plant so you'll be able to use some of that fertilizer that you've applied over the last 10 or 15 years and has become locked up in the soil and you don't have to pay for it I suppose as such with the exception of, of buying the bit of lime. Again looking for farmers that have cattle and a lot of sheep farmers also have cattle or have maybe availability to cattle or pig slurry um, use that as well so use it early um, and use it using, you know, this uh, low emission spreading technology, so trailing shoe or dribble bar or something like that, so that you get better value out of it, that it grows more grass. So the first two rounds, we could probably do that with cattle slurry on farms where cattle or pig slurry is available. Do a budget. Very important this year, not just to go away and, and order the same amount of fertilizer that you usually order, because chances are you're going to get an awful fright um, when you see the bill. Uh, it's going to be two, two to two and a half times what it was last year. So do a budget, see how much you can afford to spend on fertilizer. Um, chat to your merchants, price around. Merchant credit may be an issue as well, just to see, you know, if, if you're if you're depending on merchant credit to buy fertilizer, you may not be in a position to shop around, and maybe then you'd be better off to look for a stocking loan from either a credit union or, or another lending institution to allow you to avail of of deals, cash deals, or, or cheaper fertilizer, maybe somewhere else. Take a one-year holiday from P and K. Um, so you're, you know, a lot of sheep farmers will spread compounds, pasture sward, eighteen, six, twelve, various different compounds like that to to build the P and K uh, portion of the soil. I suppose this year maybe is is a year where we're tight on money for fertilizer, so we'll take a one-year holiday from that. Don't apply any P and K 
but you you have to go back and do it then the following year. You know, when the prices come back down again, we'd be expecting people to to, to make up for that. But maybe this year, just because things are tight, to to skip it. Now there are exceptions to that. Okay, so for you know very poor soils or maybe recently reseeded ground that that is very hungry for P and K, like don't damage the sward by not applying for it. But this idea of let's go and apply P and K everywhere this year. Uh, might not be the year to do that just because we're we're a bit tight on 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 budget for fertilizer. And then I suppose once you've decided how much fertilizer you're going to buy, prioritize that fertilizer to where you will achieve the best response. So the best response will be that from your most fertile fields, your driest fields, um, your most recently reseeded fields, areas like that, they'll grow more grass per kilo of fertilizer applied. And also when you apply it, so you know maybe not go out with it very early. Um, you know, if people sometimes might have been spreading in, in, in early February or, or late February, maybe wait until till early March um, or the middle of March if you can. That's all stocking rate dependent on when yours are lambing and all that type of thing. But just look at, have a plan, have a budget, have a plan. Um, and I think this year is probably by little and often because, you know, there is some talk out there in the industry that prices may start coming back um, to what degree and, and uh, that will happen and when that will happen, I suppose. That's People don't know that yet at this stage. Liquid milk producers are leaving the sector as costs escalate, it's claimed. IFA Liquid Chair Mr Keith O'Boyle said that escalating costs had eroded the profitability and sustainability of liquid milk producers. He pointed out since last winter, feed, energy and fuel costs had risen by 14%, 21% and 22% respectively comparing September 21 with September 2020. And, he said, that's before fertiliser, which will more than double next spring. He said while input costs are rising sharply, the retail price of milk has remained the same for the past 10 years. He said the National Milk Agency estimates that 70% of milk sells under private label, which typically carries a 27% discount. Mr Boyle said we are seeing a massive exodus of farmers from the liquid milk sector as the premium over winter no longer covers costs, yet alone leaves a profit for the farmer. Last year, he said, 20% of liquid milk producers exited the sector. Keith O'Boyle warned that if retailers and consumers want a consistent supply of high-quality fresh milk throughout the year, they simply have to pay more for it. John O'Connor, Farm Talk. Edmund Bokley, Tagus Dairy Advisor Mallow joins us again. We're starting our yearly review of dairy farm business and plans for 2022. Gearing said a good job. In spite of all what's on social media and the things that are being put on farmers, look, the reality is every farmer I deal with does their bit for the environment and they're most willing to adopt all the new technologies that are being put out and look at things. But at the end of the day, farming is a business. And I think to do so, it's most important that you look back and at some stage throughout the year in your review how that business is performing. Um, if we were in a shop, let's say you start out and start the day and you have so much in the till and at the end of the day you want to have more of the till. Same plays with farming. So I suppose just to get farmers maybe think back, right, there's copious amounts of information available to farmers at the moment. Um, you have the ICBF Herd Plus, which looks at the herd. You have the farm accounts that should be coming from your accountant that are done for tax purposes. You have pasture base, which looks at the grass growing on the farm, which we all know is a has a direct correlation with um, profit per hectare on the farm. You Dairy Gold Gateway, which is another brilliant platform that there gives you access to the information for the past 12 months of what the herd has done, what was actually sold to the co-op. You'll have reports from the market, let's say what cattle were sold and what they were making. You'll have from factory. 
sitting down and reviewing this information. And like I suppose from a Tegas perspective, we have the e-profit monitor tool. It's after being updated recently. It's a very comprehensive analysis of the firm and digs into the different um, enterprises on the firm and what money they're leaving the firm right into the day. Look, sit down, make that plan, uh, do a profit monitor to review where you were last year. And I suppose everyone's talking about the price of fertilizer, the price of diesel going forward, the price of labor, if you can get labor, all the other costs that are there. They're all going up. At the end of the day, granted, say the milk price might be going up as well, but to sit down, assess it, and go, right, what's performing, what's not performing? Could I cut back somewhere, or maybe should I focus more on something else? So that's basically where I was kind of going with um, having a yearly review of it. Farm Talk on C103. Post-Brexit negotiations between the European Union and United Kingdom on fishing quotas for shared fish stocks commenced in early November and is still deadlocked after the EU Council of Fisheries Ministers met at the weekend. In the light of that situation, fisheries ministers decided to set provisional fish quotas for European Union fishers for the first quarter of next year, 2022, in the event that an agreement would not be reached before the end of this year, 2021. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConduck, said... It was regrettable that negotiations with the UK on fish quotas for shared stocks, which started back on 11th of November 2021, could not be concluded ahead of the EU Council meeting. These negotiations with the UK have proved to be very difficult, and it's in Ireland's interest the European Union would not be rushed into an unacceptable deal. Minister McConnell clarified the current situation. He said, to avoid any disruption to our fleets, we have agreed provisional fishing quotas for the first quarter of 2022. The European Union remains committed to securing a balanced and sustainable agreement with the United Kingdom. The Council of Ministers agreed to set provisional quotas for the EU industry to the end of March at a level of 25% of the 2021 quotas. Given the seasonal nature of certain fisheries, Minister McConnell ensured that quotas made available for those fisheries which had taken place predominantly in the first three months of the year would meet the seasonal. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Patterns of these fisheries. He says the final outcome was that full 2022 annual quotas for mackerel, blue whiting, and Norwegian herring were agreed, as well as 70% of the full year quota for horse mackerel. In addition, Minister McConnell ensured that half of the quota of prawns on the Porcupine Bank to the west of Ireland and 85% of the whiting stock in the Celtic Sea would be available in the first quarter to reflect the seasonality of these important fisheries. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Port Pia are currently running a campaign to promote Irish seafood as a Christmas dining option. Ken Eacock is an experienced fishmonger working in the industry for 22 years. He runs Ocean Path Seafood, which was started by his father in the 1970s and delivers a wide range of seafood products to stores around the country, including Cork. I began by asking Ken about the current state of the fishing industry from his perspective. I think it's been quite a challenging year, particularly for the fishing sector. I think the direct result of Brexit and the reduction in Irish quotas being cut by 15% or, or the value of €43 million Euro has had a significant impact. And I think that the road ahead is very unclear for them, especially at the moment with regards to the quota discussions that are going on at EU level at the minute. Um, and I'd say there's a lot of uncertainty out there. As a result of the Brexit task force, there's talking to decommissioning 60 vessels. At the moment, we have, I think, in the region of about 100 invest, 150 vessels tied up under the voluntary tie-up scheme. So from a knock-on from that, from our position, we're having great difficulty in sourcing Irish fish, what our customers want, um, and there's significant difficulty with availability of supply. You travel up and down the length and breadth of the country. Is, is it the same for everyone, or are there areas doing better than others, as you might see in, in other sectors? I think it would appear to be the same for everybody across the fishing sector. Now, it's, it's different when you come to the processing sector because we obviously have a significant amount of imports. If you look specifically, say, at cod, which is the number two species in Ireland, you know, sales of cod in 2020 were in the region of about 46 million. We only have quota for about 2 million, so that has to be imported. So from a processor point of view, we're taking in fish from abroad to satisfy our customers' needs, whereas we'd much prefer to be able to source Irish fish, buy Irish fish and process Irish fish because that's what our customers want. They want as much Irish fish as possible. We're almost two years into this pandemic. Ken, how has that affected the industry? Um, I think it's brought in a lot of challenges um, around operations. Um, we obviously had to put in various different COVID protocols that we had to keep updating and you know, retraining, re-educating our staff. The different advice that obviously changes depending on where we are within the pandemic around close contact vaccinations. You know, if we have a potential close contact, do they have to isolate if they're vaccinated? They don't unless it's household. If they're not vaccinated, they do for 14 days. There's been some reluctance within some of the, I suppose, production staff to getting vaccinated. Um, which creates a difficulty in itself as well. I suppose it's added a huge amount of cost to the business as well across various different new protocols that we would have put in and new equipment uh, to making sure that the, the workplace is as safe as possible to, as it can be for our staff. And hopefully that we don't have to go through a lot of this for much longer, but it looks as if we possibly will. We're still at the business end of the year and it's seasonal now at Christmas and that people will be considering fish, of course, along with the, the other traditions that we have at this time of the year. No doubt it's a busy time for you and your business. It's extremely busy. We've been 24 hours now in one of our smoke salmon plants for the last four to six weeks. There's a huge demand around smoked salmon at Christmas time. It's become a staple, you know, in our house 
for as long as I can remember, we always had smoked salmon and prawns as a starter before we tucked into the turkey and the ham. Um, we've kind of added to it now over the years um, with some delicious Irish crab meat. Um, one thing that I've only started to like now in the last two years um, is oysters. Um, I always had a fear of oysters, and I think it was probably because my dad, when we were younger, pretty much put us off them. But I, I got to try an oyster there about two years ago, and they're one of my favorite fish dishes now at the moment. Just simple, straightforward, a little bit of Tabasco, a little bit of lemon juice, and absolutely delicious. A real fresh taste of the sea. And what's the best advice and tips that you might pass on, Ken, at this time for the consumer? Well, I think a couple of things. One thing with fish, really, especially if you're cooking fish, is don't overcomplicate it. You know, one of the things that we tend to do a lot, particularly in Ireland around fish, is to overcook. Fish doesn't take too long to cook and is extremely versatile. So when you're cooking fish, you generally give it 10 minutes per two and a half centimetres of, of, of thickness. So it cooks extremely quickly. From a cooked and ready-to-eat end of things, like the likes of smoked Irish organic salmon or your cooked crab meat, I generally say on the smoked salmon to give it time to come to room temperature. Don't let it be too cold. Let the flavour develop, the smoke, the saltiness come out. Um, and again, let the fish kind of speak for itself. Don't over-complicate uh, things with sauces. A nice, simple Mary Rose sauce on the side, a bit of brown bread, some Irish butter. Absolutely delicious. Sounds good. And your own company, Ocean Path, have you links with Cork here with business, Ken? We do. We buy a lot out of Castletown Bear there. They'd be one of our big suppliers of Irish whitefish. So we would take a lot from uh, John Nolan there in Castletown Bear over the year. So we would buy a lot. Roaring Water Bay, Colin Hooley supplies all of our mussels. Lovely organic mussels there from from Colin. So we buy as much as we can out of Cork. And as I said, Castletown Bear is the biggest port in Ireland. So um, without us, we would uh, be fairly stuck when it comes to supply. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, National Beef Share, Mr Edmund Graham has said, meat factories have the scope to significantly increase prices, but he contended they were refusing to do so despite massive hikes in input costs. He said it's a case of can pay more, but won't pay more at the minute with the factories. Throughout the month of November, prices had failed to keep up with EU average prices. He said we are now languishing at almost 20 cents a kg below the EU average for prime cattle. And that, he said, was not sustainable. Mr Graham suggested things got even worse if you do a direct comparison with UK or Australian prices. Recently, he said, in Australia, beef farmers had been getting the equivalent of €4.73 a kg, while UK farmers were receiving the equivalent of €4.92 a kg, excluding VAT. All the while, quotes here in Ireland had been stuck at €4.20 to €4.30, including VAT, for months. Mr Graham said that might have been OK back in the month of July, but we are now in the depths of costly winter feeding and experiencing increased input costs all round. Mr Graham pointed out that since the summer, the price of beef finisher ration had gone up by €70 Euro to €100 Euro per tonne, and that, he said, was only one cost. All costs were rising exponentially, and we could not allow beef processors to ignore the bare facts around the increased cost of production. Prices must move to at least €5 Euro kg marking quickly. Mr Graham concluded by saying it was clear that market conditions globally had improved considerably and processors in other countries had been able to increase their prices accordingly. It was time, he said, our processors here started treating winter finishers fairly and woke up to the fact that beef finishers will be wiped out if they don't. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
Farm Talk on C103. 31 million euro in payments being issued to BDGP 2021 participants. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McCullough, has confirmed that payments under the 2021 Beef Data and Genomics Programme, BDGP, have commenced. The Minister said he was delighted to be able to commence these payments under the 2021 BDGP scheme. He noted payments valued at over €31 million are being issued in coming days to participants across both Beef Data and Genomics programmes 1 and 2. The BDGP has proven itself, he said, to be a hugely successful scheme and has supported beef farmer incomes and drives greater levels of efficiency in our world-class circular herd. Minister McConnell pointed out that a one-year transitional beef data and genomics programme for 2021 saw 17,700 of the original scheme's participants opt to continue into the scheme this year, 2021, while the second tranche of the original programme, Beef Data and Genomics Programme 2, has 1,450 participants and will end next year, 2022. Minister McConnell said in the past week alone, the department had issued over €70 million Euro to our beef and suckler farmers through our innovative schemes. The payments under BDGP are in addition to the €41 million issued last week under the 2021 Beef, S and Dairy Programme to over 30,000 participants. Minister McConnell said he looks forward to building on the gains made under the BDGP through the Suckler Carbon Efficiency Scheme under the next cap, which will see participants earn €150 per cow on the first 10 cows, which is up from €90 a cow on the first 10 cows under BDGP. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Irish Drinks Industry Annual Review shows a resilient sector in the face of Europe's strictest lockdown measures. Companies have had to diversify and work together to ensure a safe reopening of the hospitality sector. Again, the sector is in the midst of restrictions at year's end. So how has it been for craft producers and those who supply the industry from the land? Patricia Callan is director of Drinks Ireland. Immediately when the pandemic hit, um, they, the members very much wanted to play their part in the national effort. So at the time that hand sanitizer was basically unavailable, many of the distilleries actually turned their production processes to either create alcohol to send to pharma companies to make hand sanitizer or to actually change their whole processes to do it themselves. And then they passed that on into their communities at cost or free of charge. So they certainly did play a vital role in, in the early phases. Uh, but as we went from lockdown to lockdown, obviously the short notice periods of that was particularly de- detrimental. So on three separate occasions, we had to collect out-of-date beer and cider from over 7,000 pubs, restaurants and bars uh, nationally because it had gone off. We did that at no cost to those hospitality venues and obviously bore the brunt in terms of, of recycling, reusing that and, and disposing of it in an environmentally friendly manner. Um, and certainly, was the government supports have been really important in supporting hospitality, as it's in the supply chain, further up the supply chain in terms of our craft brewers and craft ciders, they, those supports weren't as forthcoming. Certainly, they got the employment supports, but in terms of the, the actual funding for when businesses were closed, they weren't available. And those businesses really have, have had to, to struggle through and really look to it themselves in terms of trying to drive innovation. And really, we're, I think everyone is well set now for, for to be on this and to actually get back into markets. 
Uh, we saw a number of weeks ago when, when the US uh, reopened to external visitors, many of our members were in that first play now trying to get back in front of their customers and, and reaffirm their base abroad because obviously that's really important in our industry. You say the craft brewers and the distillers there have had a difficult time. Is that still continuing? Is it likely to continue into 2022? Well, I think in terms of the, the craft brewers and cideries, they are more impacted because they rely on the hospitality venues to, to both launch new products and uh, for, for the draft product, it can only be consumed in that environment. So we've certainly seen them pivot a lot and, and do a lot of innovation in terms of new products and, and also move to, to low and no. The spirit sector is more resilient uh, because, again, a lot of the time, for example, in the case of Irish whiskey, you have to legally lay the product down for three years mature product creates more value. So in that sector, generally, we've seen much more of a focus in terms of continuing to to produce, uh, to expand, and and those products then will be available to launch, hopefully, post-pandemic. And we've certainly moved also as an industry towards much more premiumization, really focusing on the authenticity and the great products and brands we have here and the fact that we have three geographic indicators uh, which protect Irish whiskey, Irish cream and Irish poaching from fake products overseas. So I think that's really, really uh, been an important play for the industry and a differentiator for us in this country compared to other countries. And that's made us much more resilient. Those that produce the raw materials, Patricia, you know, the grain, the malt, the barley for the brewing, beer, cider, spirits. What kind of a year has it been for them? Well, it's, it's again been very positive in terms of as an industry. It's a great story to tell. And I certainly think in terms of, of our overall purchasing of Irish tillage that, that we were very conscious that we wanted the government and we've made submissions in terms of both CAP and the agri-food strategy in terms of trying to actually put a focus now in tillage getting more land uh, planted in terms of giving us a greater variety of crops and we're beginning to innovate in terms of moving to new crops in terms of, of production process as well. So we really view the farmer as a key partner. And then obviously on the dairy side, uh, in terms of Irish cream production, we're massive consumers as well. Uh, and apples, the raw material, obviously, for great cider. So uh, we're, we're very, uh, have great relationships right, right through the whole farming supply chain. And we really value that relationship. Patricia Callan, Director of Drinks Ireland. Timely reminder now, Roberts Cove Vintage Festival annual tractor and car run hosted by Roberts Cove Vintage Festival will take place on Sunday, January 2nd, 2022 at 3 o'clock. Sunday, the 2nd of January, 2022 at Tracton GAA Grounds, Manan Bridge. Joining us this week on Farm Talk is Niamh Roach, Secretary of UCC Macra, with a roundup of activities. We've had a very successful year here at UCC Macra, having reached the Macra Club of the Year final last Saturday night and it was a great achievement to get so far with the migration of everything online because of Covid. It posed many challenges to us and to all mocker clubs around the country but I think we did our utmost to adapt to this and stay as connected as possible with all our members and we hold mocker Monday events every week so with events ranging from bingo to games a night to welly throwing to our annual Father Ted quiz and I think one of the highlights for me for last year was definitely the inaugural virtual week on the farm so we were trying to come up with innovative ways to stay engaged and connected with our members amid these Covid restrictions and we decided to on a way to hold this virtual week on the farm by Zoom and it proved to be very successful throughout the week we had a number of guest speakers talk to us we had Pat O'Hearn who spoke about hemopathic remedies we had Aoife Feeney from Carberry Group and Vincent Gorman dairy farmer, executive director of Glanbia and chairman of the National Cattle Breeding Centre. And we also had various Instagram takeovers from our own members and 
they gave us an insight into dairy farming, sheep, machinery, tillage and so much more. And we held the virtual week on the farm during the spring. So it was peak calving and, and lambing season in on Irish farms. And it was great for some of our members who are from maybe non-farming backgrounds to get an insight into what really goes on in Irish farms during the springtime. And I think our active social media presence as well keeps us, helps us to stay connected with our members and other mocker clubs around the country. And especially during the pandemic, we set up a TikTok page last year with one of our TikToks going viral, reaching 20,000 views overnight. And I think it highlighted to us the importance of adapting to these changes and staying as relevant and active as we can be to grow our club and encourage new members to join which is always the ultimate goal and we are also very active on the competitions front taking part in capers the national talent competition impromptu public speaking stock judging and much more and we also engage with many charities through our events in cork and beyond and we've raised money last year for the irish cancer society and marymount hospice through our cups against cancer event and in november of this year we held a quiz in aid of Down Syndrome Cork, Field of Dreams, and we've built up a very good relationship with them. And I think it's important that we can do our bit for society through the events that we run, and we're very glad to be able to continue to do so. But I think it it must be borne in mind that none of this would be possible without our members and the backing from the Shandoon region, from whom we receive constant engagement, support and encouragement. And I know it's probably a cliche to say, but our members really are the glue that binds the club together and we're very grateful to them for that. And we'll have to pay tribute to our wonderful committee who do a Trojan work behind the scenes and making all of these events possible and ensure the smooth running of the club. And I always look forward to our weekly committee meetings, especially during COVID when most of us were staying at home and our social lives were fairly non-existent. It was great to be able to log on to Zoom there in the evenings after a long day of college work and have a bit of crack and a catch up with each other and I suppose keep each other's spirits up as well and I think that's the main thing about Mocker it brings people together in socially and you really do forge great friendships through it and I suppose we're in a very unique position as a university club in that we're very diverse with members from the four corners of Ireland from Kildare to Leash to Clare and beyond and I think often there may be a misconception that you have to be a farmer to join Mockra, but that's certainly not the case. And I think our club is a testament to that, having members who have never stuck, stepped foot on a farm before being involved in our club. So that's certainly no obstacle. And yes, we're very happy now to be finally back on campus after 18 long months of staying at home. And we've held many great events throughout semester one already and we're Looking forward to returning to UCC after Christmas with many more in store for all our members. So I'm glad to be part of such an active and diverse club here in UCC Makra. And I look forward to a great year ahead, of course, with new members always being welcome. And our thanks to Neil Roach, Secretary of UCC Makra, with a roundup of their activities. Eight million euro in payments issuing to tillage farmers under the 2021 Straw Incorporation Measure SIM. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, announced that payments have commenced under the 2021 Straw Incorporation Measure SIM. He said he was delighted to confirm payments were issuing under this scheme. He said SIM, Straw Incorporation Measure, had proven itself to be really popular amongst farmers offering crucial income supports to farmers while also being a positive environmental action. 
almost 8 million euro will be paid to about 1,800 tillage farmers. Farmers who committed to chopping and incorporating straw from cereal crops, for example wheat, oats, barley and rye, would receive €250 per hectare, with oil seeds being paid at €150 per hectare. Payments, the minister said, would be visible in the farmers' bank accounts in coming days. He said this new measure brought in in 2021 to support tillage farmers to increase soil organic carbon levels on their farms. This measure too, he said, was an important support to contribute to the long-term sustainability of the Irish tillage sector. That is why he said he had secured additional funding for the straw incorporation measure again in 2022. He has also now proposed that the straw incorporation measure, SIM, be included in the next cap, which will commence in 2023, and he knows it will continue to be a success for our farmers. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahady. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code mom.